Hello and welcome to the Girls Run Club, the podcast for run-happy women who need a little help finding their stride. Hi everyone and welcome back to the Girls Run Club. This podcast is intended for the everyday runner who might be looking for some relatable insight into the world of running. In preparation for my first ever marathon, I will be here asking all of the questions that we learner runners might need answered. In this series, I will be joined by various guests from every corner of the running community where we will discuss all the topics from race day to fueling efficiently to the mindset behind running, and much more. But just quickly, before we start, my name is Alex and I've been a personal trainer for several years now. After falling out of love with the gym, I took up running, much to my surprise. I've started this podcast to talk about subjects that never even crossed my mind when I started running and hope that it could help someone else. Now, let's break down all of those fancy running terms, discuss all of the highs and lows, and get stuck in to the next episode of the Girls Run Club. We are kicking off Season 1, Episode 2 with the lovely Rachel Spears, otherwise known as Rach Ran a Marathon on social media. Rachel has ran multiple races, including the Manchester and Edinburgh Marathon, and has gained a vast amount of experience through her training, ambassadorships, and her role as a run club leader. Along with all that, Rachel has created an insightful yet relatable platform for for people to follow and be inspired from via her social media. I'm super grateful for Rachel joining me today to talk about all things running and can't wait to get started. So let's do just that. So Rachel, good morning. How are you? Good morning. I'm good. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. I thought I was going to have to redo that because I was stumbling, but people will... um, not be aware that it is super early on a Sunday morning that we're recording. Yeah, we're both early birds, so why not get up and do it? We are grafting on a Sunday morning. What I think is the best thing to do, the best way to start every podcast, because some people might not know you, is I think it's just good for everyone listening and myself too, just to know a little bit about you and where where you started your running journey. I'm excited to know. Sure. Okay. Um, it started about three years ago, actually almost three years ago to the date. It was kind of three years ago in August. Um, me and my flatmate, it was obviously COVID. We were staying in the flat all the time. And she actually came to me. She'll listen to this and laugh. She came to me and said, well, we do couch to 5K. And before then, my mum tried to get me out running. I was said, no, no, no. Friends tried to get me out, no. And I was like, right, fine, we'll go. Because it was dark. It was kind of winter. I was like, I don't want her to go out by herself. So I went out with her. I was actually like, actually, this is kind of fun. So we did the full couch to 5K. I can't remember how many weeks it is, but at the end she was like, I am never running again. I hated every minute of that. And I was like, wow, that was amazing. I love that. And I just kept going. I remember doing my first 5K and screenshotting it and sending it to my mom and dad and being like, look, mom, dad, like, this is so exciting. Like, I've done my first 5K and they were like, wow, like, that's so good. And like, now I look back, 
obviously 5k is still an amazing achievement but to me then I was just like I can't believe I've done that and then I went on I set myself a goal of doing a 10k by the end of the year and I had some like running friends so I'd message them the night before like what should I take with me like what like things like that um and then I remember them being like no I'd never do a marathon that's running for like four plus hours absolutely not like that's not for me and then I decided I did a half marathon in COVID um I did a few I was just like I find it such a good way to just get out when you're in your own head definitely some things out in your head so I just would go out and random half marathons but like very very slow um I did a lot of like walking running yeah at the start of I think it was or maybe middle of 2021 I'd done one half marathon and I was like right I think it's time to sign up for a marathon um and I'm from Glasgow so I was like let's do one nearby just so we don't need to think about travel and all that we can just focus on the marathon so chose Edinburgh Marathon and that's when I started my Instagram page um wanted to I had a friend that also had an Instagram page for fitness so I was like right I kind of took inspiration from her and started that but my friend one of my best friends um who gives the best advice she was like make sure that it's not pressuring you into doing things you don't need to go a run and like I value that every day because I think having social media you can see everyone else going for runs and when you need a rest day that can be a bit like you want to go a run so definitely used it kind of more in a positive way to share my journey um and yeah here we are now I think seeing everyone on Instagram makes you want like it's so inspirational so I just keep signing up to more races but I love talking about running and I feel like my friends and family are kind of like Rachel let's go on a chat running so I like just went on like just started following loads of running accounts and for like maybe a year or so it was just like an Instagram page that you didn't I didn't really interact like you'd like their pictures and maybe comment sometimes but there was no messages and I think it was like the start of this year where I maybe like you started to build those connections started to meet like Ryan, Emily, all those people like in person and that's when you realize there's like someone behind that Instagram yeah. page and you haven't met them but you're still chatting like last week at the Great North Run there were some guys that I met that I'd actually never met in real life but we'd spoke on Instagram and it was just so nice to like actually put that connection together it is so nice I've never actually met anyone in person yet however I'm sure I'm sure I will at some point did you have social media like a personal kind of social media before you had your fitness one yeah I've got a personal one um but it's just kind of like I don't actually I used to post on it all the time but I feel like now because I have my running one I post on that but I, I didn't like use I just kind of posted when and if I wanted and it wasn't for like any sort of like following it was just like my friends so I've got a lot of friends clients who have taken up running who think that it would be such a stupid idea to start a fitness page and I I totally disagree with that I know it can be a scary thing to do however myself my fitness page started because I'm a personal trainer so I was self-employed so it was a business page however a lot of these very successful running accounts have started just to document their own progress and it's not stupid at all because they're the they're the most raw they're the most real relatable accounts you can follow yeah I think like when I was in high school I maybe I think like when you're a teenager like it's a bit embarrassing like when you have friends that are like doing YouTube and you're like oh that's so embarrassing yeah. <laughs> you're like that's really not embarrassing I remember starting mine being like oh what will my friends say but they're like oh it's like you know who your friends are when you create these things because like they'll support you they'll share your page like things like oh, that yeah. I would never share what I share on my what I share my running account I would never share my personal I feel it's a bit more like you said raw 
shows your bad days. Oh yeah, and I'm still getting a I'm getting to grips with being a little bit more open. And you're super good at talking right into the camera. I was actually talking with my last guest Ryan about this. It goes from your social media just doesn't start, and it's in a great place, and people are like, "Oh, I want to connect with that." It's the more you grow, and and the more confident you get with it, and the better you get with like creating content and things that's I feel like I've yet to get there but I feel super confident you know talking to people letting them know like what I'm up to and things but I think that's a confidence thing because it has kind of went from being a personal trainer and, and I was feeling very much knowledgeable in that kind of respect to running which I would consider myself a total novice at this at this point so it's for me it's about kind of stepping back into that beginner and into the beginner shoes and just that's my page she's a beginner runner starting out and I think I need to I need to embrace that a little bit more yeah because I think you see these big running pages and you're like wow like I'm not them and it's like then you put yourself down you're like I'll never be them but they've had their page for so long like and like you say, the confidence, I still don't have, like when you see, vid- when people see videos of me and my story talking, that's because there's a quiet street. I'll record that multiple times. And if someone turns a corner onto the street, my phone is down. I am not talking. Um, the same as like when I video myself running, I make sure no one is around. Even when I like video in my house, I'm like to my brother, you need to stay in your room. Do not <laughs> my voice over his knees. Like I could hear you. And I'm like, that's so embarrassing. So I guess like what you see online is definitely like, may look confident but no definitely from lockdown you started doing couch to 5k that's actually something I've never done I've really enjoyed it I think it's because I used to, well I say I used to run mom was a runner and she now has bad hips so she can't run I think she lives through me like I'll see she has still all her medals when she was doing half marathons but she used to try and get me out and I think it's like she was a like bit of a fast runner so I'd go and try run past when when you're starting out, you can't. So I think that's what made me not enjoy it. And I think I just had that in my head. Like, yeah, back in PE in high school, I'd try and get out of the running. I think a lot of people do use it. It's such a useful tool and it's became such a a huge, huge, not, a, I was going to say it was a trend, but it maybe, it maybe is sort of a, a little bit of a fitness trend, the couch to 5k. Yeah, I think it probably is a trend, but like a good, like you get good and bad social media trends but it's kind of stayed around like I found out about it three years ago and it's there's still people I meet that I meet people and they're like oh I don't know how you could do a marathon and they're like I'm doing couch 5k and I'm like you will be able to get like I've done it so you can definitely yeah I think it's quite um when you're following a plan sometimes it can suck the fun out of things I've got a couple of clients at the minute who are training for their kind of longest distance yeah and one of the girls in particular she started following a a running plan and she's quickly kind of aborted it because it was draining our it was draining the fun out of it um have you ever experienced anything like that yeah so I'm currently training for my third marathon and I was thinking about this earlier when I was thinking about the podcast my three training marathon training blocks have all been so different like so different my Edinburgh one my very first marathon I kind of made my own plan. I didn't really look online, didn't really use an app. I just went with it. I knew that my furthest distance should probably be about 20 miles. So like I put that in maybe like four or five weeks before, but then I just kind of went willy nilly with it. And looking back, I had far too many runs in. Like I had four or five runs in a week, which to me is just too much for me personally, not 
I know some people yeah. do have runs in. So I was getting to the end of the week. I was so unmotivated. I was so tired that most of the time I'd abort my long runs. I'd say no. And that's when I'd started my run on Instagram and I wasn't ready to be that like honest yet. So I just, I wouldn't even mention that I'd not done my long run. Like that was no. just about. So I kind of got to end my marathon not knowing if I could do the distance I was very nervous and then I was like right going into Manchester we're gonna have a plan so got a plan just looked online didn't have an app just put together a plan from online and then was really feeling in the groove but was doing no strength training and I thought it'd be fine I'm like my work's really busy and I couldn't really fit in strength sessions so I was like it'll be fine and then nine weeks before I injured my knee and could not like run anymore went to a physio and she was like I don't suggest you do the marathon but I know you're probably going to do it um, yeah. so for the next nine weeks, like run maximum two miles. And I was just like, oh, I hadn't even done, like the longest I'd done in my training plan was a half marathon. And I was like, what, what do you mean I can only run two miles? <laughs> like I need to do my long run. But I had to listen to her. So I started going and doing strength sessions and just doing two miles. And I think because I'd done Edinburgh Marathon before, I knew that my body could physically run the distance. I wasn't too worried. But turning up to the start line in Manchester Marathon was the most unprepared I felt yeah like do you have a time in mind and I was like no I just want to get over this finish line and turns out I ended up getting a PB from that and it's like the mental like I knew I could do it so I was just like let's just keep pushing but now I have a plan in place with like an app that I use and I've actually not missed a run like yet we're now in just about to start week 12 tomorrow and I've not missed a run and this is the first time ever I've not missed a run and I think it's because I've brought the number of runs down. We're at about three runs a week. Yeah. My lifestyle. And also this week I felt really unmotivated. So I've been able to like move my runs to Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Like I was meant to do it Monday. So I think like missing a run really not like your body gets over it. Your body can train. You're giving yourself more rest. I think sometimes when you have a physical person but behind your plan that's when things can become a bit tricky because they will say you know why why have you not done it however if it is like so your runner or any app that's similar to that you can be a little bit more flexible I'm not sure I've never I've never used it but I know a couple of my friends who who use like the Nike Run Club app and they can kind of change it around when they want to and I think that's better because life is life smacks you in the face sometimes and there's some days you're just like I can't not today it's not happening today physically usually for me anyway it's I've got something sore or whatever it is and it's good to have that flexibility so yeah I always say to people it doesn't matter if you're on a plan or not I don't think it makes you any you know behind if you're not following a plan yeah I think the same as like my Manchester marathon training plan is like proof. Like the last nine weeks on the run up to that marathon, I do t- two miles three days a week. So six miles max, maximum, not even like 10K in total a week. And I still got to that finish line, still got a PB and still finished it. So now whenever there's like a, I think like you were saying physically for you, it's probably mentally for me. It's a lot of like mental in my head that doesn't allow me to go out my runs. It's like, oh like no don't feel good today I don't want anyone today I don't want this and I think it's the dark mornings coming in I used to be such a morning runner like during summer getting out but now it's like I wake up my alarm goes off at half five six and it's dark outside and I don't part was like oh I don't want to go out dark but then it's like 
you sometimes need to go and get it done but usually it doesn't get pushed to the evening or pushed to the next day see I haven't been a consistent runner I would say during winter months so I can imagine it I can really really imagine how gross it is to be going out in the mornings or late at night but I've never I've not put that into play yet so I'm sure there will be that mental struggle that everyone will come across when it's so horrible outside and especially if you're going out by yourself and I think that what's so good about I know that you are a run club leader and I've started my own little run club here where I'm from and I think that it's the best thing to do especially through the winter months when you're going to be running by yourself. Yeah definitely I think that's why we kind of started this one in Glasgow. Jade started hers in Edinburgh and was thinking to bring it to Glasgow, but I'd been speaking to a few people kind of last winter when it was like dark, cold. You don't want to go out by yourself. And I knew a few girls from Instagram that lived nearby. Um, so we'd been like, maybe we should start a run club. But then Jade mentioned that hers were go- was going to come to Glasgow. So then we asked if we could kind of lead that. And I think we've been speaking to the girls every week and they're like, well, it's still running winter. And we're like, oh yeah, of course. This is kind of the main reason that Although it's nice to run together, running in winter, especially like in like a city where it's like maybe not as safe to run like as a female by yourself, which is such a shame. It's better to run in groups. So it's that's kind of in the plannings that we're talking about right now, right? Because we usually meet in botanic gardens, which in the winter there's not much light. So we're like, no, we're going to have to move or meet in place to like somewhere with lights, go on routes that are lit. And also like make sure there's a leader at the front and a leader at the back to make sure that everyone is together. But I definitely think having things like run club in the winter gets people out, gets people kind of motivated and also lets you meet friends. So although we only run on Thursdays, like Thursday evenings, the girls can meet there and be like, oh, do you want to run on like like Monday morning or things like that? It gives like a more of a connection to it. Yeah, I think that is such a interesting topic to talk about is how women probably, well, perhaps don't feel safe when it's, I don't know, that could be all year round. It's again, I think, like you say, it's maybe different based on where you live. I live in such a small town and it's just something that never crosses my mind. Like I say, I've never been one to be running in through the winter month but I think that'll be such a talking point yeah I feel as like I live in the west end of Glasgow so it's like a nice area but there is some like dodgy areas dodgy characters and I think when I I don't live with my best friend anymore but when we used to live together and I'd go out my runs at night time she'd be like right how long are you going for and how long is that going to take and what time should I start worrying if you're not back usually I was like no like, I'll be fine I'll be fine and she was like no please and then so I know whenever I'm going out runs at night time, I turn out like my location on, like my mum can see my location, my boyfriend and like some of my friends. And I, it's such a shame we have to do that. But again, yeah, in summer, you're not so wary. But as we're getting into winter, I have like one earphone in and one earphone out. And I'm whenever it's like paths that aren't very lit or like paths that don't many people, I'm constantly like turning around. Yeah. Like, if I are like, I was like, what, what would I actually do in this such Mom, actually bought me for Christmas like an arm thing that like lights like I'm just when you're going out dark night dark nights but yeah it's it's something that I wish we didn't need to and again it's when it's dark it happens when it's light and it could be men as well if if anyone's kind of by themselves running down a cycle path or you know kind of dark dark alley or I don't know I don't know who goes running down dark alleys but you never know but it, it could like yeah as you said that it can't just be women, it's like men as well, anyone. Yeah, it's just to 
probably make awareness of it and be aware. And I think that's good about running in groups. Even though you might not be as safe, you feel safer. I think that's yeah. something you feel a lot safer. Definitely. Grab yourself a buddy just yes. to make sure someone that's really hardcore that no one would mess with. I'm always like to my boyfriend, fancy coming out and run? No, he will never. I'll be surprised the day he comes out and run, but I think he would make me feel a bit safer. But Yeah, you're like selfish. What if something happens to me? And he's like, hey. <laughs> that's so funny. So I was doing a bit of the Instagram stalk. I had done that already, but Prior to us chatting, I was looking through the Instagram and I I am super inspired. I was like, oh my God, how many people come along to the run club that you do? That's incredible. I think the first week, because we'd never had something like this in Glasgow, like kind of female run group and we put it out and we got 300 people in the WhatsApp group like within the first week. And there was only four leaders at the time. Um, and we were just, none of us had like done any run club leader. We're actually, we met up before and we're actually all quite shy. So we have to speak at the start and be like, this is where we're going. We're all like, I'm not doing it. Well, someone has to speak. And we had around 60 people on the first night. And it was like, well, what do we do here? Um, and I think the first night was very trial and error because we hadn't set a pace where we were going going to go at and we'd kind of advertise it as like a social conversational pace and to that is very different to some people than it is to others like some people's social and conversational pace is 5 30 like a kilometer yeah. it's like 6 30 so I think that was a lot of trial and error each week trying to be like right maybe we should set a pace like in the group chat and so people know but yeah it's kind of built week on week we have a lot of students just where we're based um so over summer it was kind of a bit quieter while they all, all went home but last week we had yeah around 25 and we've actually now almost hit 600 people in the whatsapp group so it's it's getting big and it's getting getting bigger and better but we have a lot of like plans in place for like we might split into two groups because it's getting bigger just like a like jade likes to say like a groovy and a groovier group yeah to go a bit slower and then one bit faster um, and we're also planning to do some weekend runs so like we've had a lot of people saying well you do longer runs because we tend to do between five and seven k but a lot of the girls are like training for half marathons or marathons and they don't like going those long runs by themselves so that's something we're going to build in is like a long run definitely I need to get up to Glasgow and come and join you it's a lot of fun I guess a lot of like girls come on their own and I think that's something I mean three years ago I would have never gone to a run club on my own it's like all too fast I think that's why we started like as an all girls group because sometimes there's run clubs and you're like well, if they're all too fast, well, if they're all too like really competitive, and it's like people just come along and just like it's just so like chatty and like like I've met some of my best friends from like the run club now, which is is great. You wouldn't have thought you thought it would just be like, a yeah, run club. You'd turn up and you'd run and you'd go home, but those like half an hour, forty five minutes where you're running together, I feel like you, you actually can get quite deep with some people. That's so true. I actually was reading a study about any form of act like any form of activity or movement that you do facing forward so say like you're chatting to someone in the car or you're chatting to someone during a run you tend to open up about things because you've not got direct eye contact with the person I never knew this but I was wondering you know why do I keep spilling all my deepest darkest secrets to these people but it's it's you know it's a thing yeah it's like every Thursday I'll like be chatting to someone different and at the end I'll be like I've just told them things I probably wouldn't even like tell my own friends when we're like sitting going for drinks like 
that's I'm like okay but I actually really like it because then you see them again the next week and they're like oh and how was that and how did that go and things like that and that I think that's how you build like connections my run club that I started a few months ago is super small in comparison to to the one that you run with however the girls that I've met through it yeah they are friends they are they are I think they'll be lifelong friends to be honest and that's such a nice that's such a nice thing and I don't get in my head about oh you know I've only got a really small run club I genuinely just don't care we've got other run clubs around Dumfries and they're you know they've been established for a lot longer than me and me and the girls will go out a run and there'll maybe be like a handful of us four or five and then you know there's like 60 people you know sprinting down beside us and I'm just like one day yeah one day that's maybe that's that could maybe be us but at the minute it's not I'm just so grateful for the girls that do come along because it's such a nice atmosphere we, we all know each other really really well yeah I think because we also have like a we're the Glasgow Botanics group but there's also a Glasgow Green group and they're slightly smaller I think there's maybe seven or eight of them each week but it's the same seven and eight girls like ours has maybe 20 30 people but it's most likely different 20 and 30 girls so sometimes you can't when you turn up one week that girl that you were talking to last week might not be there so I think the smaller run clubs like have a benefit of their own like you're like a group of consistent girls that go together and run and like you said you're all like a group of friends so it's like big groups have their kind of pros and so do small groups yeah no I I totally I totally agree and the run club has been the best idea that I've had because like you say for motivation for safety for building friendships relationships I can't actually think of any cons that come towards it Either, maybe after Thursday and I work I'm like oh I really going to my bed and have my dinner but yeah. you actually go and like you see all the girls like smiling and laughing you're like this is why that's why yeah. I come. uh-huh and I know that you're doing the great Scottish run is there anyone from the run club that you take part in doing that as well so many so many girls um whether it's the 10k or the half there's so many girls and we're actually planning to do like a shakeout run for it on the saturday um we've not posted about that yet but a lot of the girls were feeling maybe a bit nervous about going on the sunday they don't really know the area or they don't know anyone that they're going to run with feeling a bit nervous I mean we all get the pre-race kind of nerves yeah on the Saturday we'll take them to the start line kind of show them what it's like we'll do a bit of the route like a 5k um very social and then we can all just hang out afterwards people can maybe meet people that are doing it the next day and say like oh why don't we meet and we can start it together so yeah there's a lot of girls doing the great that's such a good idea and if, if I were closer that would be something I would love to do because I can feel the nerves of the girls that I've got in my run club who are doing it because for a lot of them it's actually their first half marathon for a lot of them it's their first race ever so it's I'm not I've not got a huge amount of experience with racing however I would love to be able to make them feel a bit more comfortable before that because as you know we all learn from our own mistakes on race date there's so many things that I just would never have thought of before my first one and I think it's important well it's important for me that I, I would love to try and make their race date a little bit easier like I think the first one for me was the toilet situation before it, that, that's a huge thing. I just started running in, in COVID. So I'd never done races. I'd like ran a few half marathons by myself, but 
mean, you could pop into toilets or by like in Tesco or whatever. And I remember t- my first ever like half marathon was a Scottish half marathon in Edinburgh, which I think might be next week. And I remember turning up like not that early and there was huge queues for the toilets. And I was like, wait, like what, what's going on? And I was like, end up going to the toilet was almost late. And it's like, I think during it as well, I'd never, pra- I'd just taken like water bottles with me. Um, I think maybe even one. I'd never done anything where there was like water stops throughout. So I hadn't really practiced with that. And I just, they were handing out bottles. There was maybe five stops along or maybe six. And I drank the full bottle of water. I'd like fully, and then I'd need to like go to the toilet and go to the toilet. And that's something I've like learned. Like when there's a water stop, take a, like a few gulps and then like put it away because you're going to have to stop. So yeah, the toilets is, it's crazy. I was trying to explain, and obviously I've only done, I've done two half marathon runs, like race, race days. And one was fine. One was just like a Strathclyde half marathon loops round. So it was quite quiet. And then the next one was the Edinburgh half marathon festival one. And I'm not even lying when I say there was maybe 10 people in the queue there was like a there was like 200 people in the queue like I was trying to tell people you have to think about this before you get there yeah and I think even once you've gone to the toilet you'll probably feel like you need again I was when I did the Great North Run last week I went to pee before and then we we're in the start line and I was standing with my friend and I was like I feel like I need to pee again and she was like <laughs> do not it's your body you're fine but yeah, I remember doing the Edinburgh Marathon last year and I was still in the queue from the toilet when I heard like the start gun go off and I was like, no. And then that just adds that like heightened, stressed out feeling, doesn't it? That you're just like, and it's not what you need before you're about to start running. You know, I was thinking I was like in one of the last waves. So it wasn't like I could still like get to my wave, but it was that like, oh my, and because it, it was my first marathon, I was, I was already like, stressed so much and I was like oh my god like that's not what I need like uh and like mom and like boyfriend they'd already like gone to like so they could see me at the start and I was like by myself and like oh it was so stressful I can't quite explain to people how how nervous I get before I start running and it's like on a race and I just think to myself why are you so nervous right now you're about to do what you've been doing three four times a week prior to this why are you so stressed out I get so even at a park run on a Saturday I'm like Rachel calm down calm down like there's no medal there you need to calm down and it's like the same you need to say in your head like you've done this before like this is just a long run that you usually do in every other week just whether you're chasing a time or whether that's the first time you've done it or whatever the reason you're running I think there's race day is always going to come with those nerves however I'm not sure there's much you can do to combat the nervous feeling and if anything I think you've literally just to run with it and use it to your advantage however then there is there is risk of you using them in a negative way and getting out the blocks far too far that's one thing I've think I've only ever done once I think because I've heard people say like don't like don't start too fast I've only done it once and it was at the women's 10k in Glasgow which was last you'd have thought it would be one of my first races but no it was like one of the most recent and I think I'd put myself in a wave that was maybe too fast for me something I tend to do is always really like when they ask for your predicted time I say way slower than I'm going to finish okay. I would prefer to start I think people are sometimes the opposite, but I prefer to start in a wave way back from 
like where I'm actually going to be finishing and I always say people are always asked like why do you do it like because I end up like starting with really slow people and like but I think that helps me go slow at the start and then I can speed up because I'm always like I'd rather finish in front of like the waving yeah. tee than people see me as if people are going to notice what wave you're in but like as if like when I finish I'm like oh like she, they were actually behind her like that's a shame so a wave that is far too slow for you because then the people that you're with are going to be relatively slow so then you just put like a really fast time that I was going to finish and I was with all these fast people and I ended up getting a 5k pb but then at the end of the 5k I was I had to walk like it was just I was not I'm speaking a lot about the girls in my run club but I feel like a lot of the things that we talk about are the, th- the topics that I want to discuss on the podcast because that surely has to be the the stuff that people want to know the answers to. But they were talking about waves and weren't sure, you know, why the waves were there. That's something I never, I never knew. I didn't know that before I started racing. And I was trying to tell them that really it doesn't matter where you are in the wave. Whatever time your foot crosses that starting line, that's when your chip time will start. And whenever you finish, that's when it'll end. It doesn't matter where you are in the crowd or in the wave yeah I think that's when I first did the Scottish half marathon I knew that but my mum didn't and she was standing at the start going like get get to the front get to the front I'm like oh I'm I'm way at the back I was like no I'm fine here just like get to the front and I was like mum I was trying to show her my number being like but yeah thank you because you don't because it just looks like a piece of paper it doesn't look like someone says like a chip to like time you'd think it'd be like a big like Funky. So you've done the half marathon at the Great Scottish Run before? Did it last year. Tell me about the hills. Actually not too bad. I think so the first one is St Vincent Street, which is probably the biggest one. The crowd honestly carries you up. I got to the top and didn't even realise I'd like ran up it because there's just like so many people at the sides like screaming at you. There's music and because it's just the start, like you're like, yeah. And then it's like, but not going to lie, I finished... That, that is the only race I've finished and said to my mum, I did not enjoy a single bit of that. Oh, but no. Of the race at all or the route. I just was not prepared. Like, usually having like a big breakfast, but like carby breakfast before, like loads of water. For some reason, I'd woken up, had like a tiny, like a banana. That's it. And then like hadn't had much water. It was quite hot in the day. Usually I take like a belt or like a running vest. Hadn't taken any of that. I don't even know. I must have just been in the wrong, like, mindset. What was wrong with you that morning, Rachel? <laughs> they, like, just was, I think because it was so close to me, like, I just got the subway. Usually it's like, right, well, we need to leave at this time and take this. So I was just like, I just need to get on the subway and go two stops, and that's me. But that it was completely my fault for not enjoying that race. So when they opened the entries this year, I was like, I'm determined. I'm doing it again. Yeah. And I'm, but the route is so lovely. I don't know if you know Glasgow much, but, yeah, you kind of start in town, you head over the Kingston Bridge, which is like the big motorway, like bridge over. Okay. And I drive that like quite a lot. And I was like, I can't believe I'm going to be running over the Kingston Bridge. Like, because they shut like one of the lanes. And it's so nice when you're running over all the cars that are like coming the other way or like beeping their horns and like cheering on you. And then Pollock Park, which is like lovely big park that has like cows and stuff. It's all very, and the crowds, Glaswegian crowds. I mean, I'm Glaswegian, so I'm going to be biased. They are the best. There's some parts where maybe it's a bit rural, so you're not going to get as many crowds, but yeah, the crowds are good. And when you're coming running, you run down the main path into Glasgow Green and it's just, you kind of come along the river into Glasgow Green and it's just like filled with crowds. And it's just like the crowds carried you at the start, they're carrying you 
at the end and everyone else will love it. Yeah, I, I hope they do. And I think it's a great one for them to start on. When my second half marathon was the Edinburgh, like I said, the Edinburgh, it was at the Marathon Festival and the route was so good and the atmosphere was so good. And then I was kind of looking at the Glasgow route thinking, is that a bit of a harder route? Yeah, I think elevation like actually scares me. Like something really, like whenever I plan my routes on Strava and then I click to see the elevation, I'm like, oh no, we're, we're not doing that. Or if I'm running like on holiday and I turn like, to go like down a road and there's a hill avoid and also you will never see me doing a hilly marathon you'll notice like edinburgh marathon manchester marathon they all advertise as like very flat marathons so the great Scottish run is like the race that i've done with the most elevation but again when you're running it you don't really know and you'll find like everyone that's around you is probably struggling with the elevation and like don't be afraid to walk like if you need to walk walk i'm like such an advocate of just like walking like whenever i'm on my runs i'm like I'm just going to walk. Even yeah. when it was the other day, like me and Mads, who was one of the other leaders, were at the back and we're like, anyone want to walk right now? And they were like, okay, let's just walk. Like, yeah. I think it's like you see people on Instagram and it's like they're going like their 430 pace, like the whole run. And it's just, like, chill out, just walk. You'll probably have heard it. I seen such an interesting quote and I actually can't quite remember the lady's name who said it but she was on a podcast and it was something along the lines of these people that are finishing their marathons in you know three hours whatever like hats off to them that's great but it's the person who's been running for five six hours non-stop that's even more amazing to be able to put yourself through that endure that pain <laughs> for such a long time well, longer on your feet like in my eyes a bigger achievement I remember doing Manchester and I was starting to walk and there was like the crowds were amazing at Manchester but it was like some of the crowds were like oh they could see my name on my number and they were like oh Rachel like don't walk like keep running and that the the look I gave them I would have been scared to be on the other side I was not happy in my head I was like I'm currently just running 22 like I'm running 26 miles but I ran 22 miles like let me walk like yeah (laughs) running's uh, walking is not a crime no absolutely not I'm gonna say nine out of ten in my runs I'm walking like Mm -hmm. and I think that was what makes me like I feel if I didn't allow myself to walk I'd like stop my run completely like sometimes I'm like in my long run and I'm like I can't go any further like I'm just gonna go home and then I'm like just walk for a bit just get your breath back get back in like the groove and then go again I tell the girls in the run club this all the time that if you tell yourself you cannot stop then you probably will stop (laughs) however reverse that as you're running say whenever I need to walk I'll just walk yeah and then the chances are you're less than likely to actually need need to stop it's all mind over matter I think yeah and I think that's always been in my head since couch to 5k because they start they don't start it off being like run for 30 minutes it's Mm -hmm. like for two minutes and run for 20 and I always like Whenever I meet people at like park run or like the races or like I'm just out with my friends, they're like, I don't know how you can run a marathon. Like, do you actually like stop and walk at any point? Of course I do. Like I could run like a full marathon without stopping. Like maybe one day, but for me right now, it's not. And they're like, do you actually stop and walk? I'm like, huh? No, I mean, stopping and walking during training runs and stopping and walking in the race it's fine everyone's got different goals and different reasons why they're doing that race and if you're like me this race that on the 1st of October I'm doing it for charity 
and I had a time goal in mind and I'm super, super, (laughs) I was really, really, really wanting to get under two hours looking at the route. I just don't think it's, I'm going to be able to achieve it this time round. But just like I was saying to the girls, if you've never done a marathon before and you're not a half marathon before and you're not chasing a time and this is your longest distance, you can stop and walk. People will be doing that all around you. There'll be people that are passing you that are going after certain goals. Doesn't matter about them and what they're doing. It just matters about you and getting yourself across the finish line in the best way possible so if you need to stop and walk to take your water or take a gel or whatever it is just stop I think it's like you're running your own race like you're not running someone else's race like you're running your own race and although you may think that if you stop and walk everyone around you is like oh she's not fit enough to be here no one's actually caring about you like no if I'm in a race and like someone looks like they're struggling it's always I don't think I'm like oh like they shouldn't be here it's always like oh are you okay like do you need anything like that focus on yourself just if you need to walk walk they stop stop yeah that's our mantra if you need to walk walk (laughs) during my training I don't even look at my time at all really hardly ever and I think that's a good thing I think I enjoy it far more when I'm not chasing a time goal it's so much more enjoyable to just go out and run for the hell of it just run because you're feeling like it run because you want to run because you want to get to the coffee shop is which we've been doing quite a lot of looking at your watch can totally suck the life out of it for me I agree because I do I tend to do like an easy run and then a tempo run and then a long run like that's how my week's structured and last week or no the week before my long run was a 30k but I had a, a tempo 7k and I was more looking forward to the 30k than the 7 because I knew that like my watch starts to tell me like you're going too slow you're going to you're still going too slow you're still going too slow and I'm like shut up shut up and it's like that put pressure on yourself and having to go fast whereas that 30k like did it at my own speed like didn't have my watch in my ear like you're going too Mm -hmm. slow girl I know the watch is so obnoxious sometimes and I think it's sometimes the watch can be a bit toxic like I my Apple Watch. I used to have an Apple Watch. Now have a Garmin watch. I love, but my Apple Watch. I was scared to take off. Like was too like. What if I don't close my like the days I didn't close my rings? Like my family, my boyfriend would know about it. Like I was a crazy. I was crazy. Like I'd be walking up and down the hall. Sometimes I'd be like walking in my own room. And my family would be like, "What are you doing?" And I'd be like walking. And she was like, "Like give mm-hmm. her a rest." Like I think like sometimes the watches can like be toxic in that way I've just like learned recently that taking your watch off is absolutely fine like you're still you don't need to focus on like your fitness goals all the time no. like I'd be on a night out like right I'm gonna set like a walk yeah now. like there's, there's no and you just like ruin the fun of everyone's like yeah. night. I can totally understand where you're coming from with that and a lot of people around me have dealt with or felt similarly with you know with the damn watch the, the watch can get right into your head because it is just a constant reminder of what you're not doing. And I think everyone, since I've became a personal trainer, everyone thinks they need to be on some sort of fitness journey. And if you're not on a fitness journey, then you're being lazy. But that's not the case. You don't have to be constantly on your own back with things. And that watch is, your watch is constantly on your back. (laughs) Every hour, stand up. That's why I'm glad, good, glad the Garmin doesn't have that. It's like every hour, stand up. No, I would like to sit down. It's like, and 
your head or it's like I used to have like the main screen as my Apple watch on like the rings which was probably very very mm-hmm. toxic constantly see you've not done enough exercise minutes today like I've not done and I just be like it'd be constantly in my head and people be like oh like do you want to go out for dinner tonight but no like I've still got 30 minutes of exercise like I need to go and do that take the watch off you know I I think these watches are ugly also if I see someone on a night out with that watch on I'm like that's unacceptable unless you're changing the strap we've got bougie bougie straps now they can use yeah I had an awards thing at work the other day and I had like my dress on and I was like looking in the mirror like hmm something's not right I was like okay let's take the watch off the watch needs to come off I actually talking about watches and mindset I went out for a run a couple of days ago and it was supposed to be my last training run before my half marathon on the first and it was an 18k run and I'd done three three kilometers I'd done um the more that I look back on it I am nursing a knee injury my knee wasn't feeling great I knew that I knew it very early into the run I could have probably sat into the run a little bit longer and see if it would have went away however looking back on that run it was more mindset because what I decided to do stupidly, and this is me learning from my mistakes, as I went to run my race pace, I wanted to try and hit my time goal for the 18k. And I think there was no ill intent behind this. I, I was doing it for my own confidence. I wanted to see if I could do it going into the first, but it was the wrong thing to be doing. So I was pushing through the knee, the sore knee. I was trying to hit the time and I was hitting the time, but it was and I swore really bad it was really hard it was really difficult and I stopped and I had a word with myself and then I started again and then I stopped and I honestly ripped my watch off and the watch was nearly in the bushes I was like get that off because I knew if I kept my watch on and I kept it on pause there was that door of I could start this run again but I ripped it off and I was like not today this is not happening today I think sometimes like you just need to go out or run without your watch like it's like a wee evil thing on your like sometimes it's the best thing ever but sometimes it's like a wee devil on your shoulder but on your wrist actually it's like sleep today I'm like well I feel great I know it's it's crazy that they can tell you all, all that but it's yeah like we say they can be they can be quite a negative they can have a negative effect on you in your daily life and especially one of the hugest things that runners preach is resting and then your watch is like nope time to stand up let's get moving you're like I'm on a rest day hun yeah I think that's what's like I love about my like Garmin it's like I went to go a run the other day and it's like you should probably rest today and I was like should I okay sure much pressure like your previous like exercises put on your body and it's like we recommend you rest today well heard it here first the Garmin has the upper hand on the Apple Watch yeah hands down so I want to know more about you've got an upcoming marathon Amsterdam how are you feeling about that one I'm so excited I'm this is the most ready I've ever felt for a marathon I'm so I just wanted to be now I'd, I'm surprised I'm like in this mindset like because like Manchester and Edinburgh was like totally in the wrong mindset but I am feel like m- more ready than I've ever been I'm like want to go for a PB like especially in Amsterdam I feel just be like so nice and I feel like done every training run like the best that I could so I feel like gonna be a bit selfish I feel like I deserve a PB <laughs> that that is so true I was chatting 
to it was actually Ryan on the last podcast that I done and he was saying if you have trained if you have trained yeah. efficiently then you should be chasing a PB like you should be going for it and you should be disappointed if you don't get it but if you've kind of half arsed it don't be expecting big PBs because it doesn't always happen yeah I think because this year I've done I've got a 5k PB 10k PB I've already got my marathon PB like in April but I want a better one, but it's the half marathon PB I've not got yet. So maybe at the Great Scottish Run. Oh, it will be. I'll be like, come on. <laughs> I'll see you sprinting up that first hill. I'm going to be like, oh, no, she's done for. <laughs> she's going to be walking in about two minutes. That's so funny. <laughs> no, but I feel like, um, so you've got Amsterdam and then London next year. Yes, London. Dream come true. I remember when I first started getting into marathons and I started relying about like the six major ones and I was just like London would honestly like I've ran in London so many times I've done one race in London like a 10k race but I always like every year watch it on the tv like last year I was just what even though it's just like people running on tv you just want to get it like so this is like a dream come true and I'm doing it for a beat the eating disorder charity and I like those two together it's just like have you ran for that organization before yeah, I ran for them for Edinburgh Marathon. I think I raised quite a lot for them then for them. So I'm ready to do it again. When I was like wanting to get into London, I was like, right, okay, I could do a charity. And all charities are amazing, but I was like, I want to do one that like means something to me because then I can like, when I'm asking for like donations or fundraising, I can actually like relate it to, to me. If I was just to choose like some other random charity, I feel like. I don't know I'd be doing a disservice because like I wouldn't know fully about the charity like what they do things like that so and I think while you are running and you're and you've raised the money for that event for that charity when things do get hard and you can relate back to the reasons behind why you're doing it it gives you that little bit of motivation I've never ran for charity before but I am on the first I'm running for Marie Curie which is a organization that's very close to my heart at the minute and I can just imagine on those kind of miles that are tough and on those hills, I can just have that in the back of my mind for that extra push. Whereas if you're kind of running empty, not empty, but you know, yeah. if, if you're running for a cause, it means something to you. I feel like it is giving you a push. Yeah, And I think it also makes you turn up to that. Although you might not like, it makes you turn up to that start line. Like I feel if you're not doing it for anything, you're like, oh, well, I could actually not go today. Whereas like you're doing it for the charity. And when I was doing it for Edinburgh, there was actually, I think it was around mile 19 when marathons start like mm-hmm. getting rough. I was about to just like, so I wanted to stop like, and there was a girl next to me who tapped me on the shoulder and she also had the beat vest on and she like took my hand and she was like, we can like, we can do this together. Tears were like flowing down and I was just like, someone was looking out for me there. Someone was like, and it's like, they have like the big, all the charities like along the way are like, they have their own like support and I was like that's when you're not with a charity you miss out on all Mm -hmm. of that no I'm looking forward to that it feels good for like yourself as well you're like I've done something Mm -hmm. good today beat is one that a lot of kind of our generation will well that's what it probably is true a lot of people in our generation will resonate with I know one of my friends really does resonate with it um do you do you think do you think that charity will be more well known with the younger generation? I think so, but like saying that it's not obviously it's not just like the younger generation that mm-hmm. suffer. There's definitely adults. Um but yeah, I think it's some eating disorders, disordered eating, something like our generation like 
I think more people struggle with it than you think. Like it's not just like you're like anorexia or like it's there's so many different ones and I think social media probably has a part to play in that TikTok especially like you can get on some dark sides of TikTok I think like I was definitely on a dark side of TikTok and it like showing like what I eat in a day when it's like I don't know like a few hundred calories and it's like and I think that's something that I I definitely struggled with like a few years ago which is why I run with them now training for a marathon you have to like get out that mindset because the more you eat is the better you're training for a marathon like when I was training for Edinburgh I maybe wasn't eating as much as I should have and that's why I was feeling tired yeah I just didn't have the energy whereas now I'm eating like so much I'm having a great time and I think that's why I feel like so yeah. ready my body is as fueled as mm. it could be I'm still like going out and enjoying time with my friends not constantly thinking oh well there's like this many calories and that like I can't have that or like I can't go out for dinner with my friends because this like I'm like you can have that yeah. balance you can like on Sunday and still go out with your friends on a mm-hmm. Friday like seem a bit boring because you're like tired from your marathon run and you're still taking part and like yeah. with your friends so you'll look back in years to come and be like what like why was I why didn't I spend more time with my friends? Like I was focusing on the wrong yeah, things. Yeah, I totally agree with that. And behind running, you need to fuel. You need to eat. And I think, like you say, I think a lot of people do struggle. An eating disorder is such a it's such a, a scary kind of term. But what a lot of people don't know is there's on the tiniest scale you could be struggling with it, like a one or two percent. And I think everyone struggles with it in some in some form. But running for me has been so different to the gym because I could go to the gym and and bash out a leg session on no food. You probably shouldn't, but I could. But I couldn't go and bash out a half marathon on no food. You would you would die halfway around on the floor. (laughs) So it's just for me, it, it was that click. It was a change of the way that I viewed food as fuel. It's like night and day from the gym to running for me. Yeah, and I think like, because right now I'm like in my final session of marathon training. So I'm like feeling a lot like I take like my, like I make my lunch for work that I take in. The other day I had like pasta bolognese, but it was like a big portion. And like all the people at work are like, you're having that for your lunch. And I was like, be quiet. Like, but like they'd have like tiny lunches and be like, I'm so hungry. I'd be like, well, guys, get your pasta bolognese. Like I'm full. I think food is like definitely, people think because, I think like the image of runners is like really skinny people and it's like no no there's not like an image of a runner like every everyone's a runner and like whether yeah I think food's part of that like you don't need to eat tiny weed like a bagel thin eat the full bagel what is up with the bagel thins eat bagel thins or like the sandwich thins eat the piece you're, of bread. you're gonna die have you seen crumpet thins I wish everyone could see Rachel's face when I just said crumpet thins because it was it was so no I honestly was walking around the supermarket and I was like why is there a thin version of everything in this in this bread aisle I feel like I'm like whenever my boyfriend always jokes he's like Rachel anything with the word high protein on it (laughs) the food thing is just something that I would just go off on a tangent about because people who think, you know, a bagel thin or a Warburton's thin as a meal, it just baffles me. And I understand why, but it is, it's all it's all like social media and what I eat in a day and this is a great lunch. And I'm like, no, that's a great snack, that bagel thin, that small, you know, it's not a meal. We're supposed to have three meals a day. 
I've started posting like my what I eat, like just like a few what I eat in a days, but like I mentioned like no calories because I know that can like trigger some people. But I mentioned like the protein bits. Like I make sure like my lunch is like a bagel and like on the side I had like olives and like it wasn't a bagel thin. I had the, the actual bagel. I really- if you're having a bagel thin, please have three. <laughs> Do you know what I think is really lovely about you and your page? And if anyone hasn't followed Rachel her Instagram is Rach ran a marathon it's so good to just scroll to the bottom for me and then I was scrolling back up and I've just I was thinking I'm hopefully going to eventually be like you in the sense of I done a 5k made progress made progress made progress and I've been thinking not a chance that I'll ever be able to do a marathon but hopefully once I've done it I'm going to end up you know reaching for the stars and doing and doing more and more and more and I think anyone could be like that anyone and I think yeah it's this like I said at the start you have to celebrate every small win when I did that first 5k mum dad like out of five and like t- they've ran like mum's ran half marathons and stuff before so in her head she was probably like well done but this was like a huge thing and I still do it with every 10k like half like you got to got to no, no, you've got to celebrate your own wins. And then that's the great thing about the Run Club because people do celebrate your wins with you. And I think that is just the nicest thing. And m- even more so than completing the race myself on the first, I'm buzzing to see what the girls do and, 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 how, and how they complete it and how they feel after it. And hopefully I'll be able to see you there as well. Yeah, we me up. <laughs> However... I think it's time for me to ask you my five little questions that I'm going to ask at the end of every podcast. Is that all right? Go for it. So I am about to ask you five questions that I'm going to ask all of my guests for the whole of season one. These questions are ones I asked the girls in the run club. What do we What do we want to know? What do we want to know from these people who have already ran marathons and half marathons so the first one is could you recommend me and everyone else a product in and around the running world at the minute that you love mine's probably going to be specific to girls but I have these Gymshark the running two-in-one shorts I call them my speedy shorts because these shorts make me go speeds that I've never gone before I have them in three colors there's five colors in total and I will be getting off are these the ones you know the tighter shorts underneath and then they've got like the kind of because I have thick thighs so I need tighter shorts that don't come up so these tighter shorts stay down but you've also got like I've actually got them on right now you've got like the looser ones that like kind of go on top and wore them for the paisley 10k which I got a pb at wore them for my 5k pb and I'll probably be wearing them at Amsterdam. So these are the speedy shorts. Shorts, you'll see them on my page. I have them on. I need these. I need these. I've not. I've not got any Gymshark running ones. All you know, I've always got like the kind of the tighter ones. Right, good. That's a good one, and that is one that I actually pro- probably invest in. So thank you for making me spend my money. <laughs> Question number two is: I would like to know what is your post-run guilty pleasure? Just. A ravenous beast after a run. So. <laughs> oh my god, I love that! A ravenous beast. Oh my god. Probably salt and vinegar crisps. I finished the Manchester Marathon and was like, "Someone get me crisps before I get really angry." Is it a Pringle or just a Walker? Oh, more like a kettle chip. You're bougie. All right, <laughs> right. Number three, I would like you 
to recommend another podcast. I don't know if you listen to podcasts at all, but if you do, do you have any rate? I feel like everyone already listens to this one, but Ryan's Press Plane Run. The amount of runs this has got me through. Like I, I message Ryan after every long run and been like, I did my 30k two weeks ago and he had his episode with other Rachel. Um, and I just put that on and you just feel like, you're chatting to friends like sometimes I'll find myself chatting back to them got me through so many runs so thanks Ryan if you're totally would agree the best running podcast out there apart from mine (laughs) number four is a piece of expert advice from yourself to anyone who is going to be running a marathon in the upcoming months or next year I think my biggest piece of advice is you've done the hard work this is your victory lap do not worry You've put in all the miles. You just need to go and run an other 26.2. I love that. Actually gave me goosebumps a little bit, that one. I love that. And number five is a scenario-based question. So you're just about to head out on a 30-kilometer run. And apart from water, you're only allowed to put one thing else in your vest what would you be taking with you Pepsi pigs I take one pair of pigs for every two kilometers I think it's like I've tried the gels I take the gels sometimes but sometimes they're just a bit yeah. naff like sometimes they're too watery and end up spitting them out but I know that Percy's got my back you are really showing your bougie side with the kettle chips and the Percy pigs sometimes they do get like a bit warm and like <laughs> sticky in your bag yeah if you open I'm doing a 32k next Sunday if you open my running bag the whole of Marks and Spencer's flood out of your bag but thank you so much for coming on Rachel I mean this is only my second ever episode of the podcast and it's so nice to have people on that are just so easy to chat to and I just knew instantly when I was looking at your your social media and things it just comes across so well and I could just tell that we shared a lot of the same values in terms of running and and how we view it and I think for me that's the most important thing oh thank you so much I feel I've got all my running chat my family and friends will be glad I won't need to chat about it thank you for coming on and having that chat with me thank you you need people to tell you to eat the full bagel yep and that if you can learn anything from this episode it is eat the damn bagel thank you to all the amazing listeners who chose to invest their time in today's episode if you like what you heard please make sure to follow or subscribe to the podcast, leave a rating and review, and most importantly, recommend the podcast to friends and family. To keep updated, head over to the podcast Instagram profile, at The Girls Run Club. But for now, I thank you again for tuning in and look forward to seeing you next time on The Girls Run Club.